You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 135. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting Mark Graney, who is the number one New York Times bestselling author of the Gray Man series. Mark was also the co-author of the last three Jack Ryan novels written with uh, Tom Clancy uh, before he passed away. Mark then carried on the torch for the Jack Ryan novels with the blessing of Tom Clancy's estate and wrote several more Jack Ryan novels. His latest book, Relentless, is the latest Gray Man book. It's number 10 in in that great series, which was uh, just released on February 16th. So it's available right now, uh, wherever it is that you like to go get your books. I recommend you go and get yourself a copy. As usual, it's a great action pack thriller uh, by Mark Graney. So I chatted with Mark about his books, uh, about what it was like to write with uh, Tom Clancy, about the uh, Netflix movie of The Grave Man that's uh, coming out soon, uh, starring Ryan Gosling as Court Gentry, and a whole lot more. So stay tuned for that interview uh, coming right up. But first, please go check out thrillingreads.com forward slash links, where you can go rate and review this uh, podcast. You can check out my website for the uh, podcast and access the uh, show notes and interview archives, as well as my author website if you want to learn more about my own books and uh, you can also uh, join my newsletter there and uh, you'll be able to get uh, great deals and discounts on thriller and mystery books so go check out thrillingreads.com forward slash links all right here is my interview with uh, mark graney uh, welcome to the podcast mark hey thanks so much for having me alan so yeah thanks so much for being here um uh, congrats on, on pub day yesterday right for relentless on the 16th yeah, yeah it just came out yesterday Awesome. I already see it's already at the top of the chart, so that's a good start. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it must be pretty different uh, having a, a book released during COVID. Oh, I, I'm assuming a lot of Zoom events like this. <laughs> yeah, you know, last year my book came out the exact same time, and this was just very shortly pre-COVID. And uh, then COVID hit, and all my friends, their all their book uh, tours went virtual, and I, I felt so bad for them. But I'm like, wow. Look, I'm so lucky I don't have to deal with any of that. Here we are a year later, and now I'm dealing with it. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, at this time last year, I was like, oh, this, this, this will go away. It's like the flu. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and no idea. Yeah. Okay, so Relentless, I was so excited. It's the 10th book in the Gray Man series. Uh, can you give us a little lowdown of what's going on in Relentless? Sure. My my hero for the entire season, first off, it's a standalone novel. You don't have to read any of the other books. Um, you pick this up and you get right into the action. Um, my hero is a guy named Court Gentry, and he's a, an American CIA contract agent who's working in an off-the-books program at CIA called Poison Apple. And in this book, he's injured. On page one, he's injured from things that have happened to him in out there in, in in the field and he's he's pulled out of this CIA medical facility and thrown back into the field to find out why some intelligence officials from different agencies around the world are are disappearing across across the globe so it's a, it just sets him off on an international to try to unravel an international conspiracy yeah i love that part of your books the uh, the the action packed globe trotting that takes part part in them and uh, relentless, say uh, we're in Berlin. Uh, where it starts off in Caracas, uh, mm-hmm. and I believe I, I, when I was uh, reading about your background, you you spent a lot of time in Berlin. What about Venezuela? Did you did you research there? Did you go there before uh, for this book? No, honestly, I've never been to Venezuela. I've been to um, Central America. I spent a lot of time in Central America, mostly Guatemala, El Salvador, uh, a lot of time in Mexico, and a lot of t- well, some time in South America, down in Argentina. But I have never been to Venezuela. It was just 
uh, it just geopolitically it fit the story. So that's what we have, why we use it. Yeah, I decided to see that. I uh, uh, I spent well, let's see. When I was a I was a kid. My first uh, nine years of my life in Venezuela, but that was back in the seventies, though, before all this. Wow. Uh, all this <laughs> stuff that's going on now down there. Right, right. Such a beautiful country. Uh, so you're known for your for your big time in depth research that you do that you put into your book. So curious again about COVID. Did that affect this research for this book, or is it affecting your current projects? It, it, it definitely affected this one. I got really, really lucky that I'd already planned this book to take place in Berlin. I'd already begun the book and was working on it. The plan was to get an apartment in Berlin uh, for a month or so in the spring of last year. And then I pushed that back a month because of COVID. And then I pushed that back a, another month because of COVID. And then it was basically like no sense in trying to go because the book is due. Um, and I had no idea a year later, I still wouldn't be able to get into Berlin. But um, fortunately for me, I've lived in Germany. I lived in Cologne for a few, uh, several months, and I've spent a ton of time in Berlin in my life. So it was of of all the cities I could have based this in. I was I was fortunate that it was a city that I knew pretty well. Good timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, and and I would be committed to wherever I you know had, had yeah. planned because I was far enough along, um, you know, to where I wasn't going to stop and start over with another book. So your books are they're usually uh, uh, five. 100 plus pages uh, so readers get a great deal and uh, so i'm curious about your your writing process now so i know you do a lot of research once you've done that do you like outline the whole thing before you start to write or do you just start writing it i usually write a, a little thing that it, it might not even look like an outline it's just sort of a story about the story and it could be 10 pages or 15 pages and it's just a general um thing of, of what i want to happen in the story it's pretty thin um, you think 15 pages sounds like a lot, but double spaced, it, you know, it, it goes pretty fast. And there's I, a lot of times I never I don't even look at it again after I write it. I just basically have the general idea of where I want the story to go. And then I start writing. So I'm most definitely not a seat of the pants type writer. But at the same time, I don't have this super organized uh, outline just because. You know, a lot of times when you're writing that initial thing about what your book's going to be, you haven't done all the research and you haven't learned all the things that you need to learn. So you don't even really know what your story's about. You just have to have these touchstones to to get started. And that's that's what works for me. And what does your uh, your writing day look like? Do you have like regular set hours that you write or how, I'm kind of curious about that process? Well, I always have. And then I got married in September and I have three stepkids now. So um, I'm learning this whole thing. I'm learning this whole thing about getting kids ready for school and then taking them to school. Um, It's the taking them to school doesn't take any time at all. It's like getting them moving is is, uh, cutting into my early morning writing day. So now I pretty much start about eight when I'm back in my office and uh, I will work till noon and then uh, work out and take my dogs to the park or something like that. And then by three, I'm back in the office and then I'm usually doing social media stuff involved with work or emails involved with work or maybe just research or blurbs or stuff. So I, I do most of my writing in the morning still between eight and noon. Yeah. It's thing with COVID too now. Like, you know, my wife's now working from home. Everyone's at home. So yeah, so it changes the dynamics of, uh, <laughs> of your, what we were used to before. Yeah, it really does. I, and it, of course I lived alone before, so <laughs> things have changed, <laughs> changed even more so. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious too with your association with Tom Clancy because uh, I believe you wrote seven books, in, including co-writing the last three that uh, the great Tom Clancy uh, wrote. Mm-hmm. How did that uh, association start uh, with uh, Tom Clancy? Well, we had the same editor, um, but I, I, as far as I remember, I never even talked to my editor about Clancy. I knew he was Clancy's editor. But I was a huge Clancy fan. I, I probably communicated that to him somewhere along the, the road that I revered Clancy. But I just got a call one day from my agent who had talked to my editor and he said, hey, um, Tom Clancy's looking for a new co-author. Are you interested? And it wasn't a job offer. It was just sort of like, do you want to put your hat in the ring? And I was terrified of the prospect, but I just knew that my agent would say, you got to do this. It's the right thing to do, which which it was. So I, I said, yeah, let's. I would like to do that and didn't hear anything back for a while. And I just sort of at that point, I'd only had two books out, but I understood how things worked, that they would want that book, the book that I hadn't even begun writing. They would want it due on a certain date, regardless if I had six months to write it or six weeks to write it. And so I started to panic and say, you know, they're, they're just sitting here talking about whether or not they're going to hire me. So I just on my own wrote a little tryout. I think it was. 30 pages or something like that. And it was just, I wanted to show them that I knew all the Clancy characters and I knew how they talked and, and all that. I just want to show them that I, I understood uh, the Jack Ryan world because I'm just a massive Clancy fan since the eighties. So I gave them that. And, and pretty much immediately after that, they had me go up and meet Clancy and, and then I got the gig. So it was, it was pretty amazing. Well, yeah, it is. That is cool. That's sort of like a, a, a writing audition kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was an audition. Yeah, yeah. And I, I interviewed Mark Cameron, and he mentioned that you're the one who recommended uh, him to take over when you decided to step down from writing Clancy books. Did you feel that was important for you to make sure you were leaving that series in good hands? Yeah, well, I didn't know anyone was going to ask me. Um, uh, so basically, I had just started reading a Mark Cameron book, just a PDF of a book that was coming out because I was going to write a blurb for him. And I'd already said I was done with the Clancy books. Um, I did seven in six years and I just felt like they needed to get somebody fresh. But it was my editor, um, Tom Colgan, who's also the Clancy editor. He called me up. He said, do you have any ideas for, you know, who we should reach out to? And I said, it's so funny that you said that. If you'd asked me a week ago, I probably wouldn't have had any good ideas. But I was reading Mark Cameron's book in the opening of that book was just a great geopolitical opening that just felt like a Clancy story. So, so Mark Cameron tried out for Clancy without even knowing that's what he was doing. And so I said, this guy, Mark Cameron, and I, I sent him the, uh, my, I sent my editor secretly the, uh, the PDF of Cameron's next book and, and Tom loved it and, and hired Cameron after that. So it, it worked out really good for, for Mark. Yeah. Perfect timing. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Totally perfect timing. <laughs> And so well, I'm curious, what did you do before writing and, and how did it take you to like find an agent to get that first book published? Well, um, I worked mostly in uh, international business of one. I mean, selling everything from Christmas wrap to uh, medical devices, you know, and it diff- for different companies down the road. And I started writing my first book when I was 20 years old and finished it when I was 35. So I spent 15 years writing this book. Um, but I didn't, I didn't spend 15 years writing the book. I probably spent six months writing the book and the rest of the time was talking about writing or, you know, saying that, you know, it's too hard or, you know, I, I didn't believe in it or whatever. 
So once that book was finished, I never showed that to anybody or did anything with it. I just immediately wrote another book and another book. And it was my fourth book. I got in front of an agent and um, he wanted, he agreed to represent it. And it, it went out to 10 different publishers and nine of them turned it down. And the 10th publisher was Tom Colgan, who turned out to be Clancy's publisher, who uh, editor who, um, who published it. And then just two years later or three years later, um, I was working with Clancy. So I, I had an incredible fortune after spending, you know, upwards of 20 years trying to get published. It, it all came together very quickly once it came together. Oh, yeah. So uh, overnight success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like the opposite of the overnight success. But really, once I started working hard, things came together. It's amazing how that works. Yeah, yeah, but I, I always laugh at that whenever everyone says, "Oh, it's a you know overnight success." Like you don't know what how many years before before we saw what we we saw yeah. we saw the success. Yeah, yeah. the clock yeah. starts the, the clock starts ticking a long time before uh, you know you're you're at that point where you're an overnight success. Was that the was that first book? Was that the Great Man? Uh. The first one that was published was the Great Man. Yes. Oh wow! So that's a yeah. That was a, I can't believe that was turned down by none of the publishers. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. They can't believe it either. Believe me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. So you've written a lot of uh, um, a lot of bestsellers. Obviously, um, do you find that your writing process? Uh, do you feel like challenged every time you start a new project, or do you have your system down pat now? Oh my gosh, no! It, it's the opposite of that. It, it's harder and harder. Every book is harder to write than the last one. Um, I, I believe in myself in ways I didn't early on. So um, when I'm having problems, I don't freak out quite as much, you know, like oh, it's never going to come together. This, I'm going to give my advance back and just leave the country. You know, I, I don't do that, you know, like jump off a cliff thing that I did for several years. I, I trust that I will get it figured out in the edits or whatever, but every book I am, I'm very, there's a lot of self-doubt in my writing. I wish I was one of these like super confident writers that just bang stuff out and just felt like they were the bee's knees. But instead, I, everything I write, I go back and go like, oh, I don't know about that. So ultimately, that's that's my process, I guess. And I, it, it won't change, but uh, it, it feels like I'd have like a better work-life balance if I walked around with like high confidence all the time. <laughs> yeah. And what do you use to write your books? Do you use like Word or something else? I just use Word. I've, I I have Scrivener on my computer, and I think Scrivener is awesome, but I just don't necessarily need the functionality of it. I think just because I've been using Word for so long, it's just how I do it. Um, there's a an app called Evernote, which is just a note taking and note, you know, like helps you organize notes. And I use that to help me uh, kind of keep my ideas for certain projects or future projects together. But that's that is all I use. And so before uh, before the interview, I checked the uh, IMDb because I was kind of curious about the Gray Man Gray Man movie uh, with uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, Gosling as Kurt Gentry. So that's pretty cool. I'm sure COVID has slowed things down there. But any updates on that movie? Yeah, it did slow things down for six weeks, but they're supposed to start filming on uh, March 1st, so just a couple weeks from now. They're they're supposed to start filming. So. Um, Originally, it was January, so it just pushed things back about six weeks. Well, that's exciting, and that's how Netflix is the, doing that movie, right? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a film on Netflix, and the Russo brothers, who who wrote the screenplay and are directing it, um, they want to turn it into a franchise, and I think that would be uh, fantastic if, if that happens. Yeah, well, looking forward to that when the movie comes out. Uh, so were you, I was kind of curious, before you started writing books, were you a fan of thrillers? I mean, I know you said you were a big fan of Tom Clancy, so I'm assuming you were a fan of all type of thrillers? Or? 
Yeah. So I just read nonfiction when I was a teenager. I was very snooty and smug. And I was like, you know, there's so much happening in the world that you should know about and so much in history that you should know about, you know, like why read fiction? And then everybody in the world was talking about Tom Clancy. <laughs> this is the mid 80s. Uh, and I bought uh, Patriot Games in like 87 or something, which was his book about the Irish Republican Army. And I had done a lot of reading about the IRA. And I was like, wow, I learned more about the IRA reading this exciting fiction novel than I did, you know, reading these textbooks and things. So I was like, wow, you can actually be entertained and informed at the same time. That's pretty neat. I wonder if other authors do that. And so I started reading Nelson DeMille and Jean Le Carré and Frederick Forsyth and all the other guys who were around back then. And uh, and and I just loved that fact that I was learning stuff and, you know, going through these exciting stories at the same time. And do you still find do you still find time to read the thrillers? Any any new writers that you'd like that you're maybe reading? Yeah, you know, I read I read a lot for blurbs, you know, to for so I'll, there's always a stack of books that I should be reading. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Nick Petrie, whose uh, new book is coming out, and I'm a big fan of uh, Don Bentley, who's another writer. He's actually going to be writing in the Jack Ryan universe as well, and uh, they're they're both great voices um, who are new at this. Um, Jack Carr, I think he his fourth book is coming out. So he's still relatively new. He, he's a he's a good author. Jason Matthews, who wrote the um, the Red Sparrow trilogy, they made it into kind of a not so great movie, but it was a a, a great great book. And um, I think he's a great author. So that when I when I get a chance, I, I still love to read in the genre. And so, what's next for you and for the agreement? What are you working on now? Right now, I'm writing book eleven. It's called Sierra Six, and it'll be out this time next year. Um, I'm also writing another book this year called Armored, which is um, an ad I'm adapting from an audio script, original uh, scripted audio that I wrote, which is like an audio drama where they hire uh, uh, actors and sound do sound effects and music and all that. Um, that's going to be recorded by Audible Studios next month and it'll come out later in the year. But I've already optioned it to Michael Bay in, in Hollywood and I'm going to write the novel for that uh later this year so um i'm pretty busy yeah busy schedule and i saw you, yeah. you wrote a, a standalone red metal what was is that the, the what was it like just writing a standalone getting away from the series was that different well, well it was a standalone now it's a series <laughs> oh, there's okay. going to be a, well there's going to be a sequel to it but it was most definitely a standalone when we wrote it um a year or so later we came up with an idea for for the next one. And we, and we went to the the publisher with that and we're going to do it. That, that book is going to be down the road when it comes out, because we did a ton of travel and research for the first red metal. And we want to put just as much into the second book, which will take place in Asia. And so, you know, we have to get behind COVID and all that to where uh, Rip and I can go to Japan and Taiwan and Philippines and all that. So we are planning on working on that in the second half of this year um, but I'm not sure when we'll get to do the location research. So that that book is also in the hopper. Oh yeah, you really are busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, so, um, uh, any uh, uh, parting advice? I know we have some of our listeners are, are are writers, aspiring writers. Any uh, any advice for them? Well, I would tell a couple of things. It just depends on where you are in your career. I would tell people to if you're if you're still at that stage where you're writing a book and you have an idea for a book and you're 
laboring over that and stuck with that, you should put it aside and go write a novella or a short story. Um, I find that a lot of people aren't able to write every part of a story. Uh, they write the parts that are easy and then they go on to something else and then they go on to something else. So I, I'll meet people and they'll, they'll say, you know, I'm writing four different things or I have all these different ideas. And to me, they're saying I'm writing the easy part out of all these things. And if you could write a novella that's a hundred pages and write a beginning, a middle and an end and go back and edit it, edit it and do all the things you have to do to write a book and get all those chops down. And I think that's real important because I think a lot of people just get it in their head that it's like, I have this one book idea and it's going to be the thing that's really going to kick it off for me. But as they, as they hit those speed bumps, they, they get stuck there. And for me, if you, if you maybe do something a little more short form and really work on your chops, I think that's, that's a great way to um, get yourself over those speed bumps. And every time you get over one of those speed bumps, you've left a million other people in your dust because uh, that's where people, people stop when something gets hard, you know, and, and this process is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of places to stop along the way. And it's better, it's better if you can just sort of muddle through. Great. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. If it was, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so listeners, they can, they find uh, you over, uh, connect with you, of course, at the uh, your website, uh, markgrainybooks.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Relentless is uh, out now, so uh, go, go get that book. It's uh, it's awesome. I really love the Gray Man series, so it's a lot of fun talking to you. Thanks so much, Alan. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. For show notes and to access the interview archive, please visit my website at thrillerauthors.com. And please do visit thrillingreads.com forward slash rate to leave a rate and review of this podcast wherever it is that you are listening to it. It's the best way to help me get the word out about the podcast to others. And finally, check out my author website at alanpeterson.com. Thank you for listening. And until next time, when I'm back with another interview on Meet the Thriller Author.